0: Active busy internal medicine practice for sale, only $75,000. Includes three exam rooms and a renovated modern office, full patient load, doctor moving out of state. Quick sale wanted. Is this practice for you or should you start fresh? Welcome to the business of medicine on the Clinicians Roundtable. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Caskell. Joining me today, Mark Halley, president and CEO of the Halley Consulting Group a physician practice management and consulting firm specializing in the strategic development and performance turnaround of both hospital-owned practice networks and independent medical offices. He and his group have just completed a book entitled The Medical Practice Startup Guide that will be available in the summer of 2008. Mark, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Dr. Kaskill. Pleasure to be here.
0: What's available these days to somebody getting out of their residency?
1: Well, many who are getting out of residency, are are looking at multiple opportunities. They can go to work for uh, hospitals these days in many communities, uh, either as hospital-based physicians or in ambulatory networks, or they can go to work for group practice under an employment model or with uh, partnership options. They can be uh, independent contractors attached to a practice or to a hospital, or they may start uh, an independent practice if they are brave and uh, and interested in entrepreneurship.
0: Are they any smarter than they were 10 years ago in terms of business? I don't think residency programs are teaching that yet.
1: We see a few have either some courses during the training program allow some business discussion to occur. But again, uh, the training program is so filled with, and as it should be, with the clinical side hard to train new physicians and the fact that they're going to be business people as well.
0: I, I recently came across a company that's a publicly traded company for hospitalists. Are you familiar with that?
1: Uh, I know of a couple of companies. I may not be familiar with uh, the one you're alluding to.
0: But so it's interesting that you can now come out of residency and go to work for a, a major publicly traded corporation.
1: Sure. That doesn't surprise me.
0: What's another weird arrangement? That the resident could get into?
1: Well, in some cases, uh, for example, we have seen hospitals that are trying to help group practices grow that will place an employed physician, hospital employed physician, in a private group. We call that a side by side. And that relationship is legal if it's structured properly and allows the group to grow while the physician is an employee of the hospital rather than the group.
0: A few years ago, I, I think we entertained that, going to the hospital and, and helping us employ our new physician, and they, they were all up for it.
1: It's a good thing to do if it's structured properly. It can be a nightmare otherwise.
0: I read somewhere many years ago that the average physician may take five job changes to get to the correct place for him.
1: You know. Uh, some years ago, I was working with the recruitment group for a hospital and was a recruiter, per se. And we knew that if we kept an eye out on physicians we really wanted but had lost in the recruitment process, we tried to stay in touch with them because mm-hmm. we found that 18 to 24 months after they had first arrived, they'd realize they made a mistake in their first selection.
0: Well, I I would imagine their first selection is they are riddled with debt and uh, they're going to be lured in by a high salary.
1: Frequently, that is the total focus. Because I've got so much debt, New physicians feel that they want to to, uh, focus on the financial rewards and all that pent-up demand from years of training.
0: Yeah, and then other mistakes are that they seek out a partner that seems great, but the partner misrepresents themselves and then turns out to be a drug addict, and the practice fails. Mm
1: -hmm. That happens. That happens. I
0: love that one. (laughs) What other kind of mistakes do these, these silly residents make when they come out?
1: Well, In addition to focusing on just the financial rewards, many times they don't pay enough attention to how well the established physicians might be making decisions, and that's one of the key challenges in private practice settings. I step into a practice that looks like it's busy, and indeed it is, but I get into the practice and find out the doctors don't get along among themselves, and it's like a hornet's nest, and I get sucked into the politics and it becomes very uncomfortable. Or perhaps if I go to work for a hospital, the hospital doesn't understand the business, and they're expecting my primary care practice to break even in six months or my specialty practice to be viable at 12 months. And it may be if I'm a surgeon. It may not be.
0: Yeah, Mark any uh, anytime you have a new relationship, I think it's no different than dating. Everybody puts on their best faces and misrepresents themselves. And then six months later, you find out what you actually got. That's,
1: that's right. You, you wake up to a different person after the honeymoon.
0: Right. So it's hard. Even with best intentions on both sides, it still may not work. It is. That's correct. All right. So uh, let's pretend I'm a resident coming out of training and I call you up and I say, Mark... I'm coming out of an internal medicine program, and I don't know what to do. Uh, I'm totally confused. Please help me. What 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 should I be thinking about?
1: Well, I would uh, suggest a couple of things immediately. First of all, I would ask you to take the time to write down what I would call your ideal practice setting, and I would go no, through
0: no no patients.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> And no and no paycheck, right? <laughs> um, I would go through a series of questions that talk about everything from the services you'd like to provide to how many patients a day you'd want to see and be comfortable seeing to the income you'd want to, so on and so forth, and write that down in great detail and take the time to actually write it, which forces us to think about it. Secondly, I would uh, suggest, particularly if you have a family or you're contemplating one, To write down your ideal family setting, because a lot of decisions made by physicians create problems for spouses and for children if they're part of the program. So write down that ideal family setting, and then hold those, regardless of what you do in terms of searches, hold those as sacrosanct and make sure that whatever options you consider come as close to those ideals as possible.
0: If you've just tuned in, you're listening to the Business of Medicine on the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Caskell. My guest today is Mark Halley, president and CEO of the Halley Consulting Group. And we're talking about starting a medical practice, perhaps buying a medical practice. Mark, what do you think of that? A resident coming out already saddled with... $200,000 $200,000 in debt. Is it a good decision to even contemplate buying a practice?
1: In today's setting, I would say no. I'd think very hard about that before I started purchasing one, especially with the debt load that most new physicians are experiencing today. As a as a specialist, uh, of course, uh, it would be rare even in the old days to consider buying a practice because the referral relationships are attached to the seller. It's hard to transfer those. But even for a primary care practice these days, we don't see many practices purchased. And in situations where uh, individuals have gone in and purchased or agreed to purchase a practice, they come away disappointed with the Dollars that are available to capitalize such a purchase.
0: Well, let's forget the residence for now. And uh, I'm 46 years old, and I want to relocate my family to Tucson, Arizona. I've decided that's where I need to live. I have some money in the bank. I'm prepared to go out and actually consider buying a practice. So do I? do I go out? Do I pay cash? Do I lease to own? Do I get a bank to give me a loan, what, what should I do?
1: Well, uh, if you've found a practice that you're going to be searching for just the right practice, if you've found a practice where you've got a retiring physician or a physician who's in the same boat wanting to leave, you may go out and acquire that practice in terms of dollars spread over time. I would always try and pay out the seller over time if I could. Now, if I'm on the seller's side, I'm going to try and get those dollars up front. But the seller's making certain promises to you about the value of the business. And if uh, he or she believes in that value, I would try and and get those payments spread out over time. I'd also conserve my cash. If you're able to get a bank to support you for a period of time and let the practice service that debt, I'd conserve my cash because it's always going to cost more. Uh, The rule of thumb says twice as much as I anticipate to get up and running. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Well, we're kind of in a um, credit crunch. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Mm, I am. And I got to believe even doctors are having trouble getting money these days, Right. which is rare because uh, up until today, any bank would throw any amount of money at any doctor.
1: Right, right. That was my experience as well. But what I would anticipate is that with a properly structured business plan and your track record of successful performance and the track record of the seller of successful performance, you'd be able to create quite an argument for uh, a banker to take a peek at you. All
0: right, so you've, you've made up my mind, I'm moving to Tucson, I found the practice, I'm buying it, and then I have to think about staffing it. Can you help me in terms of what's considered highest and best use staffing?
1: Absolutely. When you consider Staffing a practice, and this is for not just new practices, but in particular for practices that are up and running and successful. We have to hire the staff that will allow the physician to maximize his or her productivity. The physician is the revenue generating engine for the practice. That's how you win or lose the game. And making sure that we hire the staff such that the physician can do only what physicians are trained to do the clinical assistant does only what clinical assistants are trained to do and we push all the other work to good support staff, clerks, and an office manager ultimately, we'll be in much better shape. And that's the highest and best use of each individual. There are three primary roles in a medical practice under highest and best use, the doctor, the clinical assistant, and the receptionist. Every other role in the practice should support those three to make sure that we're productive, provide quality service and quality clinical care.
0: All right, last question. Before I consider starting my business, besides a banker, who else do I really need to have in my pocket?
1: I would, uh, especially if I'm a new, younger physician, I would try and locate a mentor. During my interview process, as I contemplate and go around the country trying to figure out where I want to end up, I would try and identify a physician who is in my specialty, ideally, from whom I might learn the business of medical practice. Uh, and uh, and so that mentor would be important. And this is somebody that I can sit down and go to dinner with uh, or lunch with perhaps once a month and, and air my concerns. I'd also make sure I've got a good attorney, a fine accountant who may or may not also be a tax advisor, a consultant if I'm... Uh, I've got to plug consultants, of course, but practice consultants can be very helpful if I'm starting from scratch. And probably one of my most important resources is to pay the money for a qualified office manager because that person will make or break me in terms of the startup. And then the hospital may have some resources that I may be able to tap into to help me through the credentialing process and so on.
0: Well, on that note, Mark Halley, thank you very much for coming on the show. My pleasure. You've been listening to the Business of Medicine on the Clinicians Roundtable on ReachMD XM157. If you'd like to comment or listen to any of our podcasts, please visit reachmd.com. Once there, if you register with the Promo code radio, we'll give you six months free streaming so you can listen to any show anytime, at work or at home. Thanks for listening.